1: Hey everybody, Cable Smith, Welcome to each and every one of you into episode 40 of Justified Pursuit. Time flies when you're having fun. We've certainly had a good time with this. As always, I'm joined by my buddy, the counselor, Chisholm Cook. You look, you're look, you looking better, man. You're starting to grow that beard out again. COVID is in the rearview mirror. All things are uh, good. You got vacation coming up, too. Yes, to all that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, man, I feel 100%.
0: Um, you know, I talked a little bit about the Mucinex thing on one of these. Mm-hmm. I've stopped taking it, and it's like my head is clearer now than it was even before I got sick. I'm sure that's unrelated. There's not a lot of allergens in the air at the moment, but mm-hmm. yeah, Uh feel pretty good. Decided uh, I just don't look right with a baby face. How are you? About to go to Africa, huh?
1: Yeah. Uh, I guess you're COVID-free
0: um, as of your test today.
1: Yeah, i think i have an email update from them right now but yeah for anyone that's not familiar you still have to get a negative pcr test for international travel
0: the pcr test that the inventor of pcr says shouldn't be used to test for covid yeah did you know that
1: you don't have um but yeah i just started laughing when the lady swabbed my nose this is like the third or fourth time i've had that done now and she just like it was like tickling me yeah it it makes me need to sneeze real bad giggling like uncontrollably um but uh yeah there's a little unrest over there i don't know if you've seen that in the news so in africa yeah south africa they sentenced their president to 18 months in jail and there's been basically what happened in like portland and all of our left-leaning cities last year looting rioting murder so I asked Carl, my PH. I was like, do we need to be concerned about this? Because like we, we do fly into Johannesburg. He's like, yeah, but you're, never, you're not leaving the airport. He's like, where you're going to end up in Port Elizabeth is like, if you lived in Dallas and you're worried about rioting and looting in Portland. And I was like, right. okay. So anyway, um, but who knows what this Delta variant that the fear mongers are all throwing out there. I um, don't know. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Yep. But things, animals. Just muddle through it. So I am excited about it. This will be my fifth trip over there. And wow, uh, five already? Jeez. Lots of meat will be donated to the local community, which is always a rewarding feeling, you know? It's your second one in
0: 21, huh?
1: Yeah, because we missed last year due to the vid. All things were canceled. Oh, is that okay? That was a catch-up. Yeah. So we went in February and was like the first Americans back over there. Um, so we were kind of like the guinea pigs but everything was smooth sailing and yeah, we're doing it again here. So I guess we're probably going to take a a week or so off from the show for the first time. Cause uh, I'll be in Africa. You're going to the river on your family's annual vacation. Yeah. Sure. Um, M
0: R we are. Yes. So yeah, I need some river time. Can't wait. Like I said before the call, when you've got two weeks vacation schedule, then you get the Rona. Uh-huh. And instead of taking your vacation, you just work through the Rona. <laughs> uh, and then you have two more weeks before you finally get to make up your vacation. You are ready to go. Yeah. This week is crawling.
1: Well, that's how I felt getting to Africa last year. Finally. I mean, yeah, or in but... February, you know, after missing that. And then I still have a bear hunt in British Columbia that was scheduled for 2000 uh, what was it, the spring of well last year. And then it was canceled again this fall, last fall, and then canceled this spring. It's been canceled three times. The outfitter finally emailed me. He's like, Trudeau's gonna let Americans in August 1st, I believe. And I was like, Oh, that's great. And he's like, if you're vaccinated. I was like, Well, then wah, wah. sorry about you. We aren't gonna be doing any hunting together until that ass clown of a prime minister, Trudeau, pulls his head out of said ass. Um yeah, dude, still just insane. Those those I feel so bad for those outfitters in Canada. Like 90% of their business is American hunters. And um they've just been basically said, you can't work because we're communists. Hey, how's your mom been? Oh. Well, thanks for asking. I saw her uh we saw her this weekend. Uh it was the wife's birthday. So I uh dropped the kids off with my parents and she's walking around. She saw, I don't know how, and I don't know, like between me and you, like if I was her patient, if I'd want her like doing dentistry on me, but she saw two patients last week. Um, one was just a cleaning. She's like, I could do that backwards in my sleep. But she said she had to like do a crown on somebody. And she's like, said her brain was very foggy and had to like go through the steps and, but Hey, she was back in the office and i don't so know is that the a, I, I mean we haven't the first time she's been back in so. the office and i don't know if that's a permanent thing i i, I think ultimately they might just try to sell the practice because right i don't think physically she can see patients like she was Dang. so
0: so she's got some long haul stuff going on oh yeah big time and yeah doctor not surprising as sick as she got yeah so
1: well, well so yeah.
0: what i was gonna ask and then we can get away from COVID stuff but do you know anybody else that was hospitalized or in particular that died from COVID over the
1: last 18 months. Yeah. My old neighbor, the one that I used to shoot bows with and he was 44, slightly overweight, but not in like horrible health. Uh, they don't know what, why it killed him, but he it killed not, him. Oh yeah. He died. Yeah. His name was I didn't him. know you lost a neighbor. Yeah. Oh, my old, my old neighbor, like the guy that before we moved, uh, we shot bows every September leading up to a bow season. And the huh. kind of guy that was like, Hey, I need help. Yeah. The house there that I've knows. been to over, the previous one, the, this, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. So, wow. yeah, he Shane Wilkinson yeah, he died. He had two kids, and I hadn't mm-hmm. seen him since we moved, but we always kept in touch. And you know, when if one of us shot a nice buck or something, we were certainly texting each other, yeah. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, he finally had to be put on an intubator and just didn't make it. His, his dad apparently smoked in the house his whole life, like as a kid mm. and stuff, and so because no one it didn't make sense to anyone why this healthy guy died right and they were saying that probably had some long-term long yeah issues secondhand wrong. smokes bad i mean just who smokes in the house these days these days nobody or <laughs> well, even 35 years 32. ago that wasn't that common You know? yeah but,
0: yeah i mean when i was a kid i remember people smoking in the house it wasn't my parents didn't you know my dad yeah. quit as soon as i was basically born but um it was certainly more frequent when I when I was a little kid, and you're a couple of years younger than me. I guess he's a couple of years older than me. Anyway, whatever. It went away very quickly. To your point, I did not. How did how did I not know that, man? Yeah. Wow. Okay. But those are the only two you really know that were even hospitalized.
1: Um. I'm other than just like, well, one of the PHs in South Africa. His dad died from it. Um, hmm. But you know he was.
0: Yeah, but right. That's secondhand. I was always. I was kind of thinking more just like direct, because I know a few people who know some people, but I don't know anybody personally. I know like, man, I think the only person I know that was hospitalized from it was I mentioned them on the last podcast uh, a couple from our church that uh, got they went to the hospital in like March last year. Mm Um. Anyway, speaking of the last episode, um. Not that I've fielded any complaints, but uh, in listening back, uh was probably a little abusive with the F-bombs and <laughs> other swear words. Um, I'm not certainly not above. Uh, they have their place as far as I'm concerned, but
1: I probably overdid it. I was a little fired up, so excuse me. We'll try to keep it a little bit cleaner today. I, okay, so I'm going to interpret that as an apology to the listeners uh i think that's what well, you never said i'm Interpre- sorry you said i'm sorry for okay. saying the f word well no you have to say i'm sorry these days
0: it i don't know that i'm i don't know that i'm intending to apologize for it as much as just acknowledge that i probably <laughs> overdid it and i'll try not to do it <laughs> all right <laughs> you're certainly uh, welcome to not listen to the show anymore if it's that bad, that bad offensive to you
1: I, it is funny because you go back and listen to all of them again and i don't stupid dog i don't know if you can hear that but the puppy's in here um she caught a beat down earlier today counting the tracks <laughs> anyway yes people still do beat their dogs not like physically abuse them but teach them who's the alpha and this one certainly knows and she still annoys the shit out of me every day all day long. I really don't like her I love her but I do not like Joe. Sorry if you can hear me Joe but I don't like her really got yeah, I mean, me like you had a lab what a, a year ago? GSP and it was
0: two years ago. That G-
1: Sorry, GSP. Yeah. But what? No. I thought you did like an adopt a, a lab thing or something. Yeah, that
0: was a labradoodle, little miniature, eighteen uh, pound well, labradoodle. If
1: this was nineteen, she's actually with her puppies right now. I would breeder. say you're gay for getting a labradoodle, but you can't say that anymore, and that's okay, and, and that's fine, and it's probably a good thing. So I'll say, uh, that's pretty douchey of you to get a lab- right. anything with a doodle.
0: Two things on that: one, she's adorable. Two. I had, as you know, a f- standard quote labradoodle, half black lab, half full grown, you know, big standard poodle. He mm-hmm. was a big dog, and he was one of the finest retrievers you've ever seen. Uh, so I don't want to hear your crap. They're awesome. They're smart. They're great family dogs. Uh, they don't shed, which makes them, in many ways, superior to
1: the labradoodle. So I will say, as a talk show host a hunting and fishing talk show host there's never going to be a doodle in my future ever
0: yeah well i mean you know you're conformist what can i say that would be
1: like getting a silver lab
0: <laughs> you're conformist and i uh
1: like to buck trends so uh, yeah, i don't know that that's applies there um as far as things i wanted to talk about this is this is a funny interaction i had at a bar the other day after our soccer game <clears throat> we all have a few beers and i'm sitting there and I, and this is just with a total two random strangers i think everyone had left at this point and i'm sitting there finishing my last beer and how did we even get on this topic i don't oh we start talking about cigars oh, oh this is perfect because we've talked about this on the podcast he had an acid cigar in his hand the dude which what? is an acid it's the brand just called acid it's a they they taste like some of them are vanilla or like one's called a blonde um but they're just sweeter than they're they're hand-rolled cigars they're like eight or nine dollars a piece but they're intentionally sweetened and not as harsh so like a real cigar aficionado would laugh at you kind of like a right like a labradoodle
0: It's like a you're saying it's like a A real duck hunter would laugh
1: at you for having a labradoodle, just like the cigar aficionado (laughs) would laugh at anything that said acid on it. But I've smoked them. I like them. They're delicious. So this guy had one in his hand and was about to walk outside. Uh, And I said, oh, yeah, that's a good smoke. He goes, yeah, I'm just worried that freaking Biden is going to ban them because technically they're flavored. You wouldn't think so with a hand rolled cigar. But, you know, you can't get a Phillies strawberry blunt. You're going to be able to get menthol cigarettes. And so we started talking about that. And then the next guy over, and so I'm in between these two guys, he pipes in and he's like, starts talking about marijuana and he's like, yeah I just don't get, you know uh, what the problem is with it being legal. And the other guy's like, well I make my money in alcohol, so I prefer people drinking. And typically drunks don't smoke a lot of weed and potheads don't drink a lot of alcohol. So he's like, I would rather just everyone be drinking. So Anyway, the conversation goes on. I'm getting long winded here, but it ends on a high because the other guy who was talking about weed, we somehow got off on acid. And he goes, Man, when I was like, oh, because school, of the
0: cigars that were named acid cigars. Maybe so. For me, for
1: a little bit. Yeah. He goes, I was working at Jack in the Box and me and my buddy worked the 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. shift and we dropped acid before we went to work. And our boss was like, What is wrong with y'all? And they, were, they said, Well, we're on acid. He goes, y'all go wash dishes because the guy was supposed to be in the fryer. And he said he was throwing the little, you know, when those Jack in the box balls that everyone had on their antenna were popular, he said he was tossing those into the, into the fryer and watching them melt. <laughs> oh, Jesus. And I said, and you didn't get fired. He goes, dude, it was the nineties. We were working the 10 PM shift at Jack in the box. They couldn't get anyone to work that shift. It's like, they couldn't fire us. So I was like, I don't know if things have changed here 30 years later, but I would, I would hope people aren't tripping acid at the fast food joint, but I don't know. (laughs) Listen, I've eaten my fair share of fast food.
0: Certainly never my preference. Yeah. But uh, if I had to rank them, Jack in the Box would be way at the bottom. That stuff is trash even before you throw the little styrofoam (laughs) antenna balls into the fryers, man.
1: I just couldn't believe (laughs) that his boss knew and just like they didn't even care. They're like, well, this is the kind of uh, level of employment you get from the 10 p.m. midnight you know, the graveyard shift at a fast food restaurant that nobody wants to work at. So oh well, nobody wants to eat there either.
0: Uh, oh, that's uh, true. In it, college,
1: it you could get the two tacos for 99 cents. Yeah.
0: yeah, I know.
1: And they were terrible.
0: Tacos from Jack in the Box. Uh, my buddy that lived out in Maui for a good long time told me like right after he moved out there and it would have been like back in 2000, 2001 ish, like right in the middle of when we were in college, uh, he told me about something, they called it the Bud Roundup, something Roundup, but basically Budweiser sponsored a helicopter uh, survey of, I don't know if it was all the islands or just Maui, pro- mm-hmm. probably all of them, I guess. But anyway, Budweiser would pay to fly choppers around the islands to try to find hidden grow facilities you know pot growing operations like on the you know on the mountainside, and then go in and bust them not not necessarily i don't even i don't know tip the cops
1: them. off right
0: right like they funded this this operation to try to rid the islands of weed once a year and like and it had a name and it was like a big deal and everybody would get ready for it and try to hide um because of exactly what you just said bud Wiser lost money to people smoking bud because yeah if they had a beer, they had like a beer instead of 10 beers. So right. the was like, here, cops will help you get rid of these things. Of course, now it's legal and it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, it anyway. makes sense. I mean, yeah. If you're getting really high, you're probably not going to a bar. Instead. That's actually
0: how it became illegal in this country. Did you know that? This would be a nice little detour. Do you know yeah. the history on, on how mm-hmm. prohibition against marijuana basically replaced prohibition against alcohol? Uh-uh. Yeah, man. Uh-huh. I actually learned this at Baylor. Um, it's kind of twofold. There were there were two major forces that were pressing on it at the same time. The first was in the 20s, alcohol was made illegal. The feds had, you know, a, a designated task force for rounding up illegal breweries, illegal distilleries, you know, speakeasies, all that stuff, right? And they were making money cast hand over fist, busting these illegal booze running operations. And like Training Day style, We're breaking off a little bit to the team, right? What is the movie, The Untouchables? Yeah, I've never seen it. Have you seen it? Is oh, it dude, it's basically what this is all that. about. I should watch it. It's a legendary film.
1: Sean Connery's in that. Um, I think Kevin Costner maybe is the the um, yeah Kevin Costner's in it. Pretty sure. Yeah. Enforcing prohibition, right? Can't remember who the bad guy is though. It's a great movie though. Definitely, definitely need to watch it.
0: I should check it out. Uh, I like Kevin Costner anyway, and yeah, Sean Connery for that matter. Um, anyway, so so they ended alcohol prohibition, and this entire enforcement industry, so to speak, had been built around prohibition. So they began working with some other like-minded or kindred spirits, so to speak, on basically demonizing and then ultimately. You know making illegal cannabis one of their biggest sponsors was um oh God, why am i gonna blank on that guy's name dude he was the newspaper magnet mogul guy in california still has like a castle out there he's the uh kind of the the movie citizen kane
1: was based after him uh, man it's on the tip of my tongue i can't help you, <sighs> Dang! but i do think and i'm This is off the tip of my tongue. I think Thomas Dewey is the actual historical character that Kevin Costner played in The Untouchables. That was a big part of the leading prohibition. But anyway, go on. Oh, yeah. And and Thomas Dewey did become the governor of New York. Yeah, that is is correct.
0: Yeah, so uh, I got to look it up here. Uh,
1: Hearst. Have you not seen The Untouchables, dude? I dude, I'm not. How old is that movie? Yeah, I mean, that was like probably when we were probably like 15. I don't know, mid early 90s, let's say. Okay, so it's not that old.
0: Was there an original an original version of it? William Randolph Hearst is the guy I was oh, trying yeah. to comb- okay. William Randolph Hearst. Um, he owned uh, a, like half the papers in the country or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, more importantly, also though, he owned um the manufacturing of the paper, right? The print, like, yeah. the, well, the actual paper, right? Like he, he basically oh, okay. owned the entire supply chain. So he owned the newspapers themselves, but he also owned paper mills. Mm-hmm. And another, from, from his perspective, he wanted to make weed legal illegal because hemp makes great paper. Mm-hmm. So it allowed Hearst to corner the market on newspaper distribution and it allowed these federal agents to continue having a job busting now, dro- you know, weed, the weed business versus the booze business. So they all came together. And of course, they made that film, um, High Times, which, uh, you know, kind of portrayed itself as almost like a documentary. Well, and at the time, I think that came out in the 40s. And. You know, back then people watched something on the screen and just thought, "Oh, it's true, right?" Like anything that How, was. Was
1: that the fear mongering one about, yeah, yeah. That, like marijuana yes. can, will do to you? Okay, right. It, I, it I turned.
0: It turned all these kids. It was made. Oh, that was only in the '60s. Is that right?
1: That was even before. This is your brain on drugs with the egg cracking in the skillet, which was like the propaganda of our youth, which I think didn't work out for either one of us. Because my brain definitely sizzled a couple times.
0: Is it high crime? I thought it was called high
1: time. Hmm. Well, high times is the weed magazine now. Right. I think I've seen it in your guest bathroom before. Yeah.
0: (laughs) No, you haven't. I've never subscribed (laughs) to high times uh i was googling something that's why i was not really hardly listening to you anyway i was like is it high times you know what i'm talking about it's the it's this film that m- made cannabis use out to as though it turned these kids People literally insane. like psychotic right yeah. and so yeah. like they all went on like, these murderous rampages scared the shit out of all the straights at the time and you know created the momentum behind making it illegal um so anyway mm. that's my Twenty years later, sort of synopsis of the story.
1: Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's move on to something else. We've we got a, it, a big topic to get into, but I, I did want to mention because this person has drawn the ire, my ire, for so long now. Megan Rapino and the uh, the women's national team, Chisholm. Their forty four game winning streak ended yesterday. Did you know that the Olympics have actually started? Yeah, the Olympics have started for the soccer portion. The U.S. lost to Sweden 3-0. And I was, you know, I don't want the U.S. to lose per se, but when I saw what they did before the game, all of them kneeling, yeah, I kind of felt that Megan's Rapinoe of, we are continuing to use our platforms and our voices, you know, to fight all of these, in my opinion, made up injustices at this point. Uh, you know, maybe if you lose your platform will go away. So I don't know. I've, I i don't know how you feel about the Olympics, but I was talking with my wife and she she loves the gymnastic portion. She'll basically watch anything. And I find, you know, I, I'm sitting there in the wintertime watching curling or some crap in the winter games or sand volleyball in the summer games. Things that I would never pay any attention to in normal life. But like if it's Team USA, I'm like all in. I've decided for this Olympic, uh, Olympiad, Anyone that kneels, I'm out. Team USA Basketball kneels, I'm not watching that. I'm not watching the women's soccer, don't care. Uh, if Simone Biles kneels, I'm not watching her. And and really, I think it's just leading me to say I'm just not watching the Olympics because I just don't care. You're going to disrespect the flag, disrespect this country that has given you every opportunity in the world, especially for those women's soccer players. The, we know that they are they all make $300,000 a year or more. Hey. I'm out, man. I hear you, bro. (laughs)
0: They are, um, yeah, they're annoying. Um, Their entire premise is built on a whole host of fallacies, uh, one of which is uh, they had every right when they signed as a players union, the deal that they have to negotiate a different deal, and they chose to take good, solid, base salaries that put them individually in probably the, you know, 90th percentile nationally uh, in terms of income over the way the men do it, which is pay to play. And as we've outlined, the economics are obvious. Uh, What they're basically asking is men's soccer to subsidize them, Mm -hmm. which maybe they have a case for that, but um, it doesn't have anything to do with equality. Will you watch the Olympics? No, but I don't watch TV, bro. Yeah. like I, I literally I don't sit and watch anything I, like about one usually on a Friday or Saturday night when I'm just completely done piddling and you know whatever I need to get done I'll lay down and I'll take control of the remote and I'll put on something like planet earth and we'll watch some cool you know hd videos of nature and that's all I watch now so no, I won't. But it doesn't have anything to do with protests or anything else. I'd like to watch the archery. That's probably already going on because they usually do that at the very beginning. Um, I watched that the last one, um, and we all got into it. It's really cool. Yeah, the way, the way they film the archery is really cool. But um, let me let me recap, re, re backtrack just a second. The film I'm talking about is called Reefer Madness.
1: That's it. Reefer right. Madness. Reefer
0: yeah. Madness, which came out in 1938 which was five years after Prohibition was ended, 1933. Wow. So that timeline is pretty clear, right? For five yeah. years, these, uh, these task, force, task forces that had gone around profiting off of uh, illegal booze enterprises were like, hey,
1: what let's find ourselves
0: that? a sponsor to put together something to get rid of cannabis in this country. And yeah, so five years later, hi, Reefer Madness. And then there was like three more films in the 40s making cannabis use out to be let's see the wacky weed uh which is i guess a cartoon
1: i mean there are drugs out there that will make you schizophrenic and well in fairness in fairness don't do that but like
0: well and for some people cannabis can kind of especially edible cannabis can kind of uh bring on like a borderline like schizophrenic uh, well, it doesn't condition. for me it
1: just makes me want to sit on the couch and do nothing which is well, why I the, really but, enjoy but, it and so the, it wakes yeah. up still mm-hmm. stone the next day so it's just, like, I'm, the edibles are like the. I'm not interested in those at all
0: the science but, behind it indicates and it's the same as uh, psychedelics basically that generally speaking people who end up with some sort of like schizophrenic or bipolar condition after any of those drugs were the kind of where they were people who were predis. that was like very likely to happen to them anyway. Mm-hmm. Be- yeah, anyway, there's some data to back all that up, but whatever. Anyway, that's that. Um, the Olympics, yeah, it's a drag that everything's woke. Um, that this country uh seems to be falling apart at the seams. Um, and the corruption of institutions, which I think we're about to talk about, is just sort of across the board, ubiquitous everywhere.
1: So we are going to talk about that, but did we hit on, I don't remember if this came out before we recorded last time or not, but did we hit on the government working with Facebook to flag content?
0: Man, that's a good question.
1: There's so um, much negative. Or Every time Saki opens her mouth, something grotesque, terrible. And yeah. an un-American comes out. And that was the most recent one that I was just like, did she, did she really just say that? They're going to work in tandem with Facebook to flag misinformation. That's what she called it. Okay. What's Dude, misinformation? You know, it's, it's just whatever you-, you determine it is.
0: I mean, I'd say it was even worse than that. They didn't say work with, work in tandem. They said we are flagging stuff for Facebook and instructing them. Yeah. So, from as far as I'm concerned, and I haven't dove into the case law on this by any stretch, but generally speaking, when the government is procuring, or directing you know for-profit private enterprises then they basically become an arm of the government there's going to be a supreme court case that comes with this man it's all there is to well, it like, we're, to we're, we we already know that definitely facebook going to
1: helped be. win the last election i mean yeah so. but the left
0: says that they helped give it to trump in the 2016 election right so i guess what but they didn't because
1: big tech has always been democrat owned so that's a bunch of bullshit they were at least less they were they were less less censoring doesn't mean that they right. weren't on they weren't helping trump do anything they just maybe saw we don't want trump anymore so now we're really going to amp up the censorship um, i'm just
0: making their counterpoint i'm not saying that they're. that's
1: how yeah. it is but for the government to come out and say we're going to do that was pretty damning and uh, yeah it's I, extremely
0: damning dude it's ter- it's terrifying um Anybody who thinks that, you know, half the population being muzzled um, by dude and look at the language, man. It's the same thing I've been talking about with right wing extremism versus, you know, domestic terrorism. All right. How these terms, you know, all if speech is violence, then that means that you could become a terror, a domestic terrorist right? by oh, yeah. saying we did talk things that, that are unpopular. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, the, it's the same thing with this man. They. If they can. They're using the term misinformation, those who disseminate misinformation. And then they also have the term disinformation. Both of those terms have general sort of understandings of their definitions, right? None of them, neither one of them, disinformation is, is more akin to lying. That's telling somebody something that you know to be either wholly untrue or you sort of clip it and mash it in such a way as to be very misleading, Right. But misinformation can be mistake, can be, you know, confusion, can be misquoting, whatever, right? And they're going after misinformation. And one of the reporters, I think it was the Fox guy, last week, you know, that does the press briefings, made the point to Saki. So y'all are saying, you know, that you're instructing Facebook to taste, take down misinformation, correct? So there's a video online, Miss Saki. Still on YouTube, and you can access it on all the platforms of Anthony Fauci telling us last March, Don't wear masks, they don't work. Um, what about that video? She's like, Well, Mr. Fa- Dr. Fauci has explained numerous times how his understanding evolved as the science evolved, and he was like, Okay, but it's still there, and so in theory, people can still access it and get that quote misinformation, but more importantly. What if, like uh, the Wuhan lab leak, something is labeled by you guys as misinformation, right? That's and then our understanding evolves about it, and it turns out it was right, or at least not demonstrably wrong. What about that? Y'all are going to censor something called misinformation when you may or may not actually have any way of verifying, confirming definitively that it was actually incorrect in the first place. And you know, she just spins out of that with you know typical. You know, press secretary doublespeak bullcrap. But I mean, yeah, dude, look at the history of just this pandemic, let alone everything else we've been talking about. Everything, ivermectin, can get labeled misinformation and, and it has.
1: My, And when I brought it up to my doctor, like I said, he was like, Shh, we don't, we don't talk about ivermectin in this country. That's a third world country thing. Okay. But doctor, does it work? Get the shot or you'll die.
0: He wouldn't even answer the question if it would work or not.
1: No, he didn't. He discarded it. Oh, that, right. that made me uh, think of something else. So I don't know why you're still seeing that doctor, bro. My my neighbor, uh, Mickey, he <clears throat> is in the um, Air Force Reserves. They sent him a letter to his house. I'm sure he doesn't mind me saying this, but uh, <laughs> he said, well, he said I could post a letter on social media. I just haven't done it yet. They sent him a letter to his house saying that he needs to get vaccinated. Not a or you'll lose your job type deal, but short just just short of that letter to his house from, thank you for <laughs> from yeah thank you for your service now get you. your shot and shut up
0: right thank you for your service mickey uh
1: to our military that's what the, I mean you, we, we are you know, talking
0: about one of these shots that's no longer working right one of those shots
1: yeah Oh, specifically one, of those shots, and Moderna.
0: one of those shots that six Texas Democrats took and yet all still got COVID and then gave COVID to one of Nancy Pelosi's staff who also had been vaccinated, as well as a staff member from the White House who also had been vaccinated. Those shots.
1: That is rich gotcha. right there. So we talked about that in detail last week, the walkout from the Texas House Democrats. And uh, yeah.
0: And the, the, the hits just keep rolling in on that one, man. The, just the picture. Another Texas with no another, masks, Texas Dem- another Texas dim. Another Texas dim with COVID. Another Texas den with COVID.
1: Yeah. But don't worry
0: about all these breakthrough cases that the CDC is no longer tracking. Have we talked about that? The CDC stopped. This was news in May because I looked it up over the week or uh, yeah, I guess over the weekend. In May, the CDC announced that it would not track positive cases of COVID and vaccinated people, only those that resulted in hospitalization.
1: Well, how stupid! we don't even care
0: if you get sick from it. We only care if you get hospitalized from it or die from it.
1: How do you how do you even get any kind of solid information base like statistical analysis?
0: You mean on an experimental drug?
1: If you, you are you willing to you think
0: being that it's an emergency wow. use authorization that still is not fully FDA approved, that maybe just maybe they'd want that data to your point.
1: <laughs> that is mind blowing.
0: But apparently, nope, it's too hard to track.
1: Huh. Well, I, I saw Singapore is no longer even tracking COVID cases at all. They're like, we're done. We're 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 done messing with the flu. You guys go on about your lives.
0: Dude, I know it has gotten around around here. I know I mean half my house had it.
1: One, two, three. Dude, four, I'm about to go to Africa with five. Whether six, I have antibodies or not. do Don't know. At least
0: at least eight people I know of for sure got it on the church trip I was supposed to go on with my daughter. Mm-hmm. Everybody's fine. One of whom was vaccinated and younger than me. Uh, Some of them got, I mean, we didn't feel good, admittedly. Didn't feel good. You know what else doesn't feel good? Uh, A cold or the flu. Um, One of the families, you know, they got pretty sick, but they didn't go to the hospital. They're fine. Everybody's fine. Yeah, It's not fun, but you know what else isn't fun? Getting a shot every six months to try to keep from getting sick only to then still end up catching the damn bug so buddy
1: you'll find this interesting i'm sitting on the couch talking to my mom aaron and my dad are watching the kids swim in the pool and i am talking to my mom about the vaccinations and she asked me if i was going to get it i was like no and she goes i wish i wouldn't have got it and i said mom the thing almost killed you she goes yeah but i don't know what's in that shot didn't kill me i'm still here it's like Basically, your sister, who's who's been her caretaker. My dad had to go back to work. Um, my sister's kind of working on her thesis right now, as a career intellectual. She's got right. more degrees than she knows what to do with. But she's got more degrees than years of work experience at thirty something years old. So much debt. It's a she's a perfect example of the millennial with all the degrees and nothing to show for him. But she was a, a blessing. Was that she was able to be there for my mom. Uh, because she had some free time. So my mom was like, yeah, your sister just, I just didn't have the energy to fight her. Like she, she made the appointment. She said, get in the car. And I just went and did it. But now I don't, now I know I had COVID. So, and she's a long hauler. She has all, I mean, she's. Wait, so does she have the
0: vi- 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 vaccine before or after she got sick?
1: No, no, no. She got, the vaccines weren't re- readily available. Right. They I mean, weren't like, ready yet. They weren't yeah. Yeah. Cause we better, got sick right, right. first. she had it December. after. Yeah. Got it. Thanksgiving. So, yeah.
0: Despite the fact that a lot of the data shows that the worst reactions from the shots are from people who got sick, she's dealing with long haul. Your sister thought it would be a great idea to give her the shots. Mm-hmm. Good, so, good call.
1: Yeah. yeah. And I she, think my dad... She's reading. I think he probably... My dad got vaccinated too. Um, but yeah. I, and to hear that coming from a 66-year-old who had... Who I never thought I would see again. I thought she was going to die. She thought she yeah. was going to die. Um, that was pretty eye-opening. So, I don't know. Well, we we'll, we won't know until we know. Could be a couple years. Yep. So, enough about COVID. Um, yeah. Let's talk about the Wolverine Watchman. <laughs> because that's <laughs> a cool
0: a name. name. It is a cool name.
1: Yeah. Uh these guys are from I distance,
0: I distance, I disavow it's a cool name, but that's all, I ha- that, that's all I like. It's just the name. Everything else is bad. It's all bad.
1: Uh, I don't know about that. Now, <laughs> I don't think that I, militant I groups are a bad thing. Like Those guys
0: were dumbasses. We'll, we'll get to
1: it. but Sure, yeah, I sure. Mean, but I, I don't think you can say just because they're like, because they're, I mean, the main reason we're talking about them is they're a militant group. Okay. I they certainly had every right to be frustrated with that fascist governor of theirs. Yes. Gretchen Wilson, who's terrible. Whit- Whitmer. Whitmer. I think Gretchen oh, Wilson Gretchen is a Wilson's country a, singer. The, the singer? Isn't she a country singer? Or is she the big blonde actress? Oh, yeah, that one. Is it? <laughs> Gretchen Wilson. She's not big
0: anymore, actually.
1: Uh, well, good for she her. She lost like
0: 100 pounds, and she got a whole bunch of hate from all the oh yeah you know, body-positive people.
1: Uh-huh. She's like, uh-huh. but I feel great, and I look great. So. The exact opposite of Lizzo, who gets worship for being a fat ass. Right. You wait,
0: dude. That broad's going to drop 150 pounds sometime in the next 36 months and she's going to go through the same thing.
1: She's going to realize that... Skinny, shaming, healthy. Yeah. Don't be healthy. Be fat. Um, Alright. So anyway, Wolverine Watchman, We're going to talk about this. Like okay, really- Gretchen Wilson
0: is neither of those people, just FYI. <laughs> she's
1: not? <laughs> I don't know who Gretchen Wilson is. Gretchen Whitmer. Okay. Um, giving Cuomo a run for his money as far as worst governor goes him her and uh old dipshit out in California Newsom three worst governors hands down right yeah so anyway her policies on on like covid lockdowns and everything were like way on the authoritarian end of the spectrum
0: you weren't allowed a garden yeah she banned home depot from selling plants and seeds and didn't let people plant a garden which mm-hmm. we covered what is the best way to protect yourself from COVID sunshine and exercise and a healthy diet? And what can you get all three of those from gardening? But don't do that. Psychopath Mm -hmm. instead here, go get your McDonald's because we're going to let them operate 24 seven. Like they always have because they are, uh, they're what it would,
1: whatever the hell the word is essential business
0: essential. Thank you. Mm Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the farm to table joint down the street, it's shut down, but you can get your McDonald's because nothing makes sense in the COVID Mm -hmm. era.
1: So anyway, these, this group is pretty pissed and they start having some conversations. And this is kind of where the story gets interesting because in reading these articles, it's called uh, what's the, the source buzz, buzzfeed. Yeah, it's buzzfeed. Buzzfeed. So, you know. And they've talked to, I I don't remember how many people they cited they interviewed on the deal, but the FBI basically had all these informants. So they found out some people, basically to me reading it said, here's some people that are upset about the status quo from our governor. And let's get some paid informants in here to rile them up and get them thinking a certain way. 100%. That's the gist of the article. So it seems like there's been either eight... Or 12, I can't remember. Um, It was a lot to read. And that's the first thing I did this morning while I was doing my morning business. And I think maybe 12 people have been arrested and eight have been charged with like uh, something serious, like attempted plot to commit murder or something like that. Like bad stuff. But then you find out there's this Afghan vet who is the ringleader in the whole thing. He's an FBI informant. Yeah, man.
0: Um, an FBI informant who, over the course of a year, was paid over fifty five four thousand dollars, fifty four thousand dollars in direct cash payments. They bought him a car. They covered his car note before they bought him a car. Dude, there's this one. <laughs> you got to read the article. Obviously, I'll put it in the show notes when I get to this episode. Um, but it is shocking. So the number twelve. There are. 12 individuals in this very small group of people that were tagged or flagged as potential FBI informants in this matter. There were more FBI informants involved than people who got arrested for this thing, man. Yeah, because you're right. It was like it was like eight people or nine, 10 people that
1: got charged and a dozen alleged FBI informants, man. This is it's like you've incited a mob mentality with the majority of the people being your informants. That's right. Well, and, and and crucially, like, it
0: was the, to your point, it's the FBI informants who, like, pressed the envelope and and incited these guys, man. So the guy that you're talking about, he's an Iraq war veteran. Iraq. Combat veteran. His role in Iraq was to basically go downrange, put eyes on target. I can't remember what it's called, but it's like, uh, it's like, that's uh, an article. But basically, he assisted, uh, bombing runs, right? By, like, you know, putting a laser on the target or whatever and and getting coordinates to these pilots. And so, you know, pretty hair-raising, bad-mother-effer job, right? Takes a head injury while he's over there. Comes home, and he's bored, so he starts looking for militias. He finds these guys using an, uh, uh, an encrypted app called, I think, Wired, like gets in with these guys, and the next thing you know, they're talking crazy shit about kidnappings and stuff. So he goes to the feds. This is the story, anyway. And they're like, "Hey, why don't you wear a wire? Help us out." So the next thing you know, he's in. He has infiltrated this group called the, which you started with, the Wolverine Watchmen. Yeah. And man, I mean, basically a, a really long essay that uh, that that article's got to be you know, five thousand plus words they detail all the steps and acts that this guy took to press the issue ever forward. Like most of them were non-military. This guy was organizing militia training sessions and recording everything going on during the militia training sessions.
1: He wore a wire for six months, by the way. Yeah. Six months. Yeah. One of
0: the militia training sessions that he helped to organize So I took all these screenshots of article points in the article I wanted to read, but so he grabs. Yeah. (laughs) This is a quote from the article a few weeks later then whatever. Dan drove five watchmen and 6,000 rounds of ammunition to Cambria, Wisconsin for a national training exercise organized by Robison more to come on Robison Robison. Dan, so Dan is the Iraqi veteran. Dan is his, the pseudonym that the article gave the guy to protect mm-hmm. his identi- identity. Dan rented a, sub- rented a suburban for the weekend, paid for gas and subsidized food and lodging for the group, all courtesy of the FBI. He expensed that shit. He took this group of five men, who I assume all of which ended up on some level or another involved in this quote plot, them bought their ammo and like i said was conducting the training like the way they set the Mm -hmm. whole thing up in this article at the very beginning about sort of the the history of the fbi doing this stuff and going all the way back to the 70s major complaints about dude are y'all really helping stop stuff or are y'all driving people insane and creating something that then you're stopping right it's like the movie minority report which speaking of the further we dig into this crap maybe another cool movie to review have you seen minority report
1: I generally don't like Tom Cruise, but yes, I saw that before he lost his marbles. Tom Cruise has made a bunch of really good movies, man. That's kind of like, I mean, well, you know, I, I kind of stand for my convictions. So he's a weirdo douchebag, but his movies are awesome. Everybody in Hollywood's a
0: weirdo douchebag. If you eliminate all weirdo douchebags from your movie watching, what are you going
1: to watch, bro? Kevin Costner.
0: I, I, I mean, you're gonna be. You're gonna have Bull Durham and uh, Dances with Wolves. And Open Range. Just, just watch those.
1: For the love of the game. What about I mean, the mail? There's... Was it the mailman? What was the the postman? Not gonna watch that one or <laughs> Waterworld or whatever it's called. But oh, Water I just watch this good one. Um, Let him go. That's a new Kevin Costner one. It's a good one. That good. one out. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> anyway. Tom Cruise sucks, but maybe we should watch Minority Report.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, the basic premise, if you haven't seen it, is this future setting, not long from now, where the government has some... I don't know if they created them. I've only seen about two-thirds of it, so I actually need to finish it. I was watching it on a plane.
1: This guy's commenting on movies he hadn't even seen.
0: I've seen enough of it to to know the premise. The premise is they have these three um, uh, psychics... These three beings that have psychic abilities, they keep them in these weird like half zombie states in this place where their brains are all connected to this monitoring stuff. And they can like watch these psychics dreams and the psychics scan the area for p- crime before it happens. Mm-hmm. They call them precogs. They have precognitive abilities They have precognition. They can like see somebody's thoughts. Beam. Did they make a joke about that in the Babylon Bee no, recently? No,
1: I'm just, you know, the Babylon Bee seems oh, to jokingly predict yeah. what the left's going to do next. Right, yeah. How audacious can we make this out to be? And then, you know, a couple right. of weeks later, here they are doing it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, right. Well, so they they see crime before it happens, and so this task force, led by Tom Cruise, swoops in and arrests people before they've even committed a crime.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And the whole, you know, one of the main the points of the police. movie is like 100%, like the thought police, right? But using psychic abilities to, instead of your behavior, but you know, the, the sort of point is like butterfly effect. Like, how do we know that would have ended up happening? Yeah. You know, is it really appropriate to, you know, take criminal action against somebody who actually hasn't done anything yet? Well, these guys, these watchmen, they're bitching and moaning about their crazy ass governor, robbing all of their freedoms. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they were saying some really dumb shit online, which they shouldn't have been. But, you know, you get the sense looking through the history of this thing that nobody was going to do a damn thing until this Iraq war veteran swoops in and starts training guys on counterterrorism tactics, you know? And like I said, really egging them on. And like the long form of the, the story, there was this one guy in particular who was i mean it sounds like kind of a loser honestly he was unemployed had been for many many months and he was living in somebody's basement or garage apartment um and basically his whole life was working out and so he he exercised and he was looking for a militia to join and kind of fell in with these watchmen and this guy dan the iraq veteran guy as he would press in these calls and in these chat forms and stuff for like, what's the plan? What are we gonna do? He was like egging these guys on to say, we, "Let's do something crazy." Mm-hmm. This one guy, who and he had been at the, um, for anybody who remembers, I think last summer, a whole bunch of Michiganders protested at the Michigan Capitol in in Lansing. All these, you know, lockdown measures, and they showed up with AR-15s on their backs and all that stuff because it's a, um. I don't know if it's an open carry state, certainly long guns are permitted, I guess. Well, carried, obviously so.
1: it wasn't against the law, no one got arrested for it, so.
0: Right, nobody got arrested for it. The only thing in this BuzzFeed article that I read that I took major issue with is that there's this part in there where they're they're to their to their credit, they're very skeptical of the FBI's motives here, right? But they make this point that the prosecutors and the FBI were trying to defend and justify their actions. By pointing to January 6th, which of course came way after all these events, because the the Michigan, the the, the plot to kidnap Whit- Whitmer was unveiled to us in, in October. Mm-hmm. Anyway, they point out how when you looked at the situations that a, a group of, you know, this group of, you know, right leaning people or whatever had. You know, they actually ended up inside the Lansing Capitol, the Michigan Capitol. But again, they were they were let in. They did no damage. Nobody was arrested. Everybody was let go. But they say in the article, like heavily armed militias invading the Capitol. That those were that that was there was a similarity between what happened in Michigan and what happened January sixth.
1: The entire the, pass, fi- the passerbyers just were kind of meandering through when, the-
0: when, when the walkabouters who not, not a single human of which was armed. Yeah. Right. Like this thing portrayed it. And, and and I couldn't tell if they were trying to say that that's the way the media was portraying, because initially they were trying to pretend as though these people were all, you know, armed. And, and it was later we found out actually there wasn't a single gun among them, but they didn't
1: clarify that. And that bugged me.
0: Um, but the rest of this stuff, you know, is public record because the court proceedings are ongoing. All this stuff is verifiable.
1: And I read one of their one of the uh, defendants attorneys has basically proof of where the government entrapped him in a text and he's also trying to get more text records to further prove that entrapment was a big part of this as far as getting these guys to actually try to go kidnap the governor.
0: Yeah. here so, Let me go through a couple of these quotes
1: that I screenshot. So
0: kind of to that point, Buzzfeed says working in secret, they did more talking about the FBI informants. They did more than just passively observe and report on the actions of the suspects. Instead, they had a hand in nearly every aspect of the alleged plot, starting with its inception. The extent of their involvement raises questions as to whether there would have even been a conspiracy without them involved. Right. A little bit later. The tactic, talking generally about, like, the paragraph before this, they point out how the FBI had infiltrated uh, everything from you know Martin Luther King to the Black Panthers to the KKK, right? And they even have
1: a- murdered people. Their informants yeah. have murdered people.
0: Right. The tactic has a decidedly mixed record. Informants have helped make cases that averted terrible violence, but informants have also coerced innocent people, falsified evidence, and even committed murder, as you said, while working for the FBI. The Bureau's reliance on informants, much criticized in the 70s, received renewed scrutiny in the wake of 9-11, when they were used to probe Muslim groups for alleged involvement in Islamic terrorism. Uh, yeah. <laughs> says here, most informants agree to help the government because they've gotten themselves sideways with the law or they're hoping to get their charges dismissed, have sentence reduced, etc. Others are in it for the money. One longtime federal informant has allegedly hauled in. This was not necessarily related to this plot, right? Just mm-hmm. some guy that they've $4.9 million in government payments over the past two decades. Hmm. that's
1: a good business to be in you think that sounds fun too coursing people's minds like i think that you gotta i mean your ego's got to be pretty big whenever you're like look what i made these idiots do
0: oh dude i think look what i I talked these people into i i think that these deep state bureaucrats are the most egocentric maniacs on the planet man uh (laughs) this one Confidential informants enjoyed tremendous leeway to get the goods for the FBI. Informants in cases over recent decades have badgered suspects into committing crimes, paid them large sums of money to do so, and even threatened to hurt them if they backed out, according to an analysis by Jesse Norris, a professor of criminal justice at the State University of New York at Fredonia. In not one of those instances, instances where these people were threatening, bullying, coercing, they're, they're, they're what ended up being the suspects in criminal proceedings and not one of these instances was the prosecution forced to drop the case so they've got record of people like this dan character threatening like we talked about the other day this poor muslim kid who like was called up and he was like i probably need to talk to my mom about this and they like gave him instructions on how to make a bomb and they gave him a phone on how to detonate it they did all the work and then this, this poor unsuspecting dipshit ends up in jail for it
1: the um, I read uh, that there, so that eight people who were charged seven have pled not guilty. And one guy has agreed to cooperate and testify against the others for a reduced sentence. Right. So, yeah.
0: Well, and, well, when we'll get to at least one of there's I think I don't know if it's the same guy. Like I said, it's a really long story. I've only got a chance to read it once. I'll come back to that because it's that Robeson character I touched on a minute ago. But th- this was interesting, man. And there's a whole conversation to be had here these guys before the covid pandemic these militia groups their big problem was american policing but particularly well not just american not just not just federal like state and local level policing as well these guys my point being are kind of on the side of blm they are small government liberty focused you know they call themselves the three percenters because of this old wives' tale that three percent of the colonists, the original thirteen colony colonists, actually rose up in uh, re- rebellion against the the, the king, mm-hmm. and so they, they call themselves the three percenters, those who are you know well ready and willing to rise up, right? But <laughs> some of the calls before they really got the the, the 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 wheels turning, like I said, this was this was prior to. I think prior to the pandemic and, and Whitmer's lockdowns, this guy, Dan had infiltrated this group. (laughs) The members of these groups decried the police killings of civilians, including Brianna Taylor, Eric Garner, three three black people shot to death by police, police officers, along with Lavoie Finnicum, a rancher killed by law enforcement during the standoff of Oregon's timber country in 2016. Point being these guys were pissed off and were part of their rallying cry. Their like base motivation was the innocent, the killing of innocent black people. And one of their main points, like it says throughout this thing, that all they ever talked about on these calls was they're portraying us as racist white supremacists and whatever white nationalists are. And all we're talking about is re, you know trying to protect and reinstitute the constitution in this country. We're not right. freaking racist. And here's a good damn example. They're also not hardcore right-wing militants because they were against the police doing the things, the same things that BLM is against the police for. It's it's hilarious, man.
1: Well, without this article, how would anyone not just assume they're just, you know, right-wing extremists that like to walk around with their ARs? Exactly. Because that's not what you're going to see from the media. Right. Right, it's not. I mean, they're going to post a picture of them with their ARs and be like look at these assholes these right. trump trumpsters who wanted to kidnap the governor it's going to be some kind of headline like that like that with the, with an image attached that's just meant to pull at people's emotions and and then make them associate everyone that votes that way as some right-wing extremist racist exactly white supremacist name sure. name the <laughs> phrase that they like to use for us
0: the fbi gave this guy Dan envelopes of cash, covered his mortgage and car payment, bought him a phone, a computer, and a new vehicle. When Dan sold his house back in December because he was concerned that the people in the Patriot movement knew his address, the Bureau even reimbursed him for what he testified was a $4,500 loss on the sale of his home. (laughs) The grand total for seven months of work, including reimbursement for expenses, was $54,793.95 considerably more than most families in Dan's part of Michigan bring home in a year.
1: Hmm.
0: Not bad work work if you can get it. It's good, honest work. So then there's this Robeson guy. So as the case has began unfolding during the course of this year, the defense... Dude, interestingly, one of the uh, defense attorneys' name is... And he's got a Muslim first name, but not a Muslim last name. Hmm. Um, But he's described by the BuzzFeed article as a progressive black attorney in Michigan, but he took up this case and he says, when I met this guy, one of the defendants, right? He's like, I expected to see some sort of, you know, KKK skinhead, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, right, what I found that's what the
1: media told him
0: exactly. Yeah. And this progressive black attorney was like, but that wasn't who this guy was at all. He cried the first time I talked to him. He mm-hmm. was, He's just a man for liberty and for protection of this country. And he got swept up in some bullshit. He's the one pressing this issue of the FBI um, basically, you know, having a bit more, you know, borderline created this entire scenario. Anyway, as they've started bringing forth their defense in court that these guys were entrapped. Um, one of there was there was one member. They started they started the the, the, sort of the defense team started working together and saying, who were the informants here? Right. This guy, Dan, basically the government and he acknowledged that he had been right. Mm -hmm. Um, So that one's a given. But there's potentially 11 other FBI informants that had been part of these various groups, all these machinations. Right. And there was one guy involved in the actual actual Whitmer plot that didn't get any charges. His name was Robeson. So immediately, speculation begins. Why didn't that guy get tagged? Must be an informant too, right? Keep in mind, this happened in October. Initial hearings were in like December and January. I think it said that it wasn't until March. He finally gets charged federally
1: mm-hmm.
0: with illegally possessing a rifle. Doesn't really matter. It's a 50 cal. And they point out in here how he had a 50 caliber rifle capable of shooting a mile and a half. I have no oh. doubt this jackass clown can't shoot a mile and a half. doesn't matter. If he's it, a doesn't, leader, it doesn't matter. He's a it. felon. He's a oh. felon. So oh. it, that, it, does, it wouldn't matter if it was my 30-odd six. He's not allowed oh, right. to touch a gun, right? Yep. That was the main point. But they say in here, so he gets charged just with that, with, the, with having you know, possessed a, a firearm illegally because of his status as a felon. But his argue, our lawyer is arguing. They say Robbie Roby has denied nothing in his own criminal case. Yes, he'd had the gun, but his lawyer argues. His lawyer is arguing that he'd also he also had had something else permission as a confidential informant to quote engage in illegal conduct. That's one of the stipulations. Is like okay, if you're going to be undercover for us, you got to be willing to go there, right? You can't be the squeaky clean douchebag they'll kick you out kick your ass and figure out that you're spying right so he had permission no, we've to all engage Johnny
1: brasco right well so his, he his defense
0: have. his defense for uh, for handling a firearm as a felon is that yeah i had permission to do stuff like that because i was in the pay of the fbi and the attorney says roby's actions no matter how far outside the lines were done quote with the author- with authorization from the fbi so Anyway, dude, well, How did he get
1: sent out into the cold, this guy, if he's an informant? So dude, okay,
0: so that, that they, they sort of just paint the picture, but they don't make an accusation, right, which is proper journalism. They make the point, he was the only one who didn't initially get charged of this group, right? Mm-hmm. And so people started speculating from within the people who had been charged, this guy must have been one of the informants. That started being spoken about in the proceedings, right? Like they were, they were filings going on. That was becoming a part of the public record that there's this guy Robeson who seems to have gotten off scot-free despite being part of the plot. So months after the initial court proceedings, the initial hearings, et cetera, he finally gets tagged and charged with this illegal possession of a firearm. Now in his defense, his defense attorney's coming forward and saying, yeah, that's because he, they were right all along. He was part of the, the, the he was one of the informants. Hmm. Hmm. so they were just going to let him go yeah but you know the defense counsel for these these people who were being charged saw through it right (laughs) anyway getting back to this this guy that i had mentioned that's um that it was living in his buddy's basement and all that like they make it pretty clear that there was this one poor sap who didn't have anything going for himself and Uh, The only thing in his life that he had was exercise. He was a gym rat. He's a big, thick guy. You know, he was one of these guys with an AR-15 and body armor on at the Lansing Capitol last summer. And when the lockdown started, one of the first things she did, Whitmer did, was shut down gyms. And that, like, basically spun him out. Right. His only outlet in his sorry ass existence was getting to go to the gym. Now he can't go to the gym anymore. And so he's
1: not getting laid and he's not hunting or fishing dude, that only leaves the gym yeah, and exercise, right. the devil's <laughs> yeah, idle hands, right? He was so out
0: there in some of these calls and in some of these rallies that these guys would ha- hold that other members of the Wolverine Watchmen, who consistently were saying, listen, dude, we just want to train and be prepared. We're not here for violence. We're not here for, you know, th- th- these are this is all in fifteen hundred hours of recordings. These men mm-hmm. saying over and over, we're, we're not into because the Iraq war veteran FBI informant guy would be like, OK, so what are we going to do? Who are we going to get? And they're like, nobody, because we don't want to go to jail. But this one fucking guy is all about all of it. Right. He wants to. There's a quote in there where, you know, his fantasy would be to hog tie Gretchen Whitmer and like layer on a table and in a press conference, the way that like he points out the way that the uh, uh, I guess the FBI or whoever will like when they confiscate a bunch of firearms the ATF, they'll lay all these guns and drugs out on the table like trophies. Right. He's like, I want to do that with her. So he's talking all this crazy shit and clearly being driven insane by the fact that he can't go get any exercise. And some of the other people involved were like, man, we, they were trying to distance from him. Mm-hmm. And this guy, Dan, knew that this was his mark. So he kept, like, bringing the guy into the conversation and basically, like, ingratiated himself to such a point he was sort of the fall guy, right? To the point where people fell away, If you, as you get towards the end of the article, people in the Watchmen fell away, moved, you know, gave it up, said, my wife's, you know, hounding me about it. Oh, I'm broke. Like, they'd fallen away, fallen away, fallen away till they had this small group of eight dudes or whatever, plus 12 FBI informants mm. who were down for this crazy-ass plot they make it so clear. Like, if you just take this guy Dan out of the equation and probably this guy Robeson, none of this shit would have happened. Yeah, And I just, like... Again, like, where's the line between crazy talk and criminal behavior, right? It's exactly what we Who were is talking about FBI last does the
1: FBI answer to? Anybody?
0: Dude, nobody. Yeah. That's I mean, the they, an- they answer to the attorney general, right? Well, what if... T- Two or three three of the last four attorneys generals attorney generals been woke as F. Right? We they're supposed to be quote independent, but they are a, they are an arm of the executive branch. Yeah. So everything flows down from the president. The president is telling us that the greatest threat that faces America right now is white right wing white supremacist extremism. That's what these guys are being alleged to be. The period end of, end of story. Dude, this is part of why, you know, I object to federal law enforcement in the first place. It's unconstitutional. The, yeah. police, the police powers are designated to the states. Period. End of story. Which is That's why way we... Way too much power in D.C. to allow people to be pulling these kinds of schemes, man.
1: Which is why we talked about that suppressor thing in such detail, right? Will they have the stones right. to come and enforce federal law in Texas where we've basically just given them the middle finger and said, nah, come and take them. That's right. You won't do it with drugs? Will you do it with suppressors? You set the precedent already, but who knows with this administration, they seem to... Well, they don't seem to. They've got certainly a hard-on for any manner of attacking the Second Amendment.
0: Well, and we said this in that episode. Somebody there will be a fall guy or two in that little experiment because there were with the weed thing. In fact, just just in the last two weeks, I saw an article about a big, some illegal grow operations in California getting busted. I guess they weren't, you know, being done in accordance with the state's cannabis program. But point being, even in the early days of the Obama administration, when these states first started doing this, they were sending feds, the DEAN, to bust these legal Grow operations, I, you can bet your ass. I think the ATF is going to end up showing up in Texas sometime after September first to, you know, crack down on either gun dealers or suppressor manufacturers or all the above. But you know, the question will be, how many times are they going to do that? Right? Mm-hmm. How much resource are they going to dedicate to something like that? Um, everybody who decides to take advantage of that, keep your damn suppressors in Texas. Comply with the law. Yeah. Because any Texas manufactured, you know, branded and serial numbered suppressor that ends up outside of the state is going to create problems.
1: Oh, and and I think you said you predicted that there'll be one that gets used in a crime somewhere. Right. Which we all know that suppressors generally aren't used in crimes anyway. But right. there'll be an uptick in that uh, yeah. because the, the FBI, you know what? The FBI will probably plan it. They'll probably. See that it's carried out.
0: Dude, when you look at this stuff, why would you have any reason to think otherwise, man?
1: Just a Like, that's just Jews all there is to it. They are crooked. With the status quo, not really wanting to do anything violent, like to shoot guns. And then you have up to 12. You have more informants than you do people that are actually the defendants in the case. Like, that doesn't make any sense at all.
0: Amen, man. Listen, and this, is, this brings us back full circle to where we first started this podcast when we were saying we're not against the message, the intent, and the premise behind the Black Lives Matter movement. We're against the manipulation. We're against the Marxist agenda. We're against the misinformation that they you know, propagate in furtherance of their, their business. But one of the points I've always made we are pro-capitalism, so congratulations on those six
1: mansions, whatever her name is.
0: Yeah, good job. <laughs> we don't like abusive policing, period. End of story. doesn't matter what color the victims are, right? And we don't deny that black communities often get kind of cracked down on harder than your average white community. And you can argue all you want about the reasons for that and whatnot. You know, I heard this awesome couple on with Megan Kelly. Um, I think that episode dropped either yesterday or the day before. It's this black couple from northern Minneapolis who is fighting like hell to stop the defund the police movement. Apparently, their neighborhood, northern Minneapolis, it's like precinct four, um, is uh, like 19% of the overall Minneapolis area's population, but it's 50% black. They've always had a crime problem. But going, these, this couple's been there for 25 years and they've been major leaders. The husband had been on the city council, uh, I guess it's its own township. He'd been on the, on the the North Minneapolis city council and they had put together this like community policing program where, you know, you had like neighborhood watches, you had agreements and understandings that nobody, you know, if somebody did something wrong, the community would call the foul, right. Bring the law in if necessary, Mm -hmm. but they had, they had like, they like identified people in their neighborhoods that would be, you know, responsible for intervening. If something bad was going to happen, like basically they were like, Hey, we're not going to stand by and watch our neighborhood be, uh, you know, terrorized by criminals at the same time. They, you know, she chimed, the lady chimes in she's like, listen, we're not for defunding the police, but we have to make it clear that in our community, we have countless examples of young black men in particular being harassed by the police for no reason. She's like, we have countless examples of white people in our community calling the police And, you know, getting immediate help and assistance, whatever black people calling the police and basically getting blown off, even a couple of white people in particular who called the police and the police straight up told him, why do you live in that shit neighborhood? You should get out of there. You know, so she's like, don't don't we're not we're not sitting here saying that there's not a potential racial component on basically a case by case basis across the country. Right. The one sidestep this lady made that I didn't like was she sort of propagated the myth that, you know, so many unarmed black people are being killed every year by the police. And, you know, we know that's not true. hundred and sixty five. Dude, this is this 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 neighborhood is 19 percent of Minneapolis's population. They've had one hundred and sixty five shootings in their community since January 1st, since Minneapolis defunded the police.
1: So they're, they're trying to keep up with
0: Chicago. Yeah, well, my point is like and, and then, then then they admit doing they were like, job, listen, that's a lot. Work, 85% of the victims were black people. Like the statistics are astronomical. It is black people who are being hurt by the defunding. It is black of people course. who are being, you know, well, you, black it, the conservatives shouldn't have defunded the police. Well, right. <laughs> yeah. My, my point in all that was this case and what they're doing to these guys is it's a it, to me it's a fallacy man it is it is fascist tactics they are creating crimes where they wouldn't otherwise have existed and it's abuse of police authority and it's interesting because there's a lot of these examples man it, the far i've always said the far right and the far left are mirroring images of each other they have the same bitches and complaints they just have different approaches for how to fix them you know that's all there is to it like you want to call these guys right wing extremists? Okay, well, why are they complaining about Breonna Taylor's murder? Right? Why is that one of the biggest issues they had until Gretchen Whitmer removed all of their freedom? Right. And you know what? What's so wrong about being pissed off about that? Because how much of that shit are we supposed to take? I'm not saying go and kidnap her. That was stupid. Every one of those guys, you know, <sighs> if the FBI hadn't gotten involved, I wouldn't have a problem with those guys getting arrested for... I mean, they actually, like, mobilized, right? right. Like, they, they got in cars, armed, had a plan to blow up a bridge. Like, you know, they, had, they were going out to do some bad shit. So they should have been arrested for that. But a dozen... Dude, it's one thing to spy on people, which I have a problem with. It's another thing to pay informants who don't just listen and wiretap, but actively promote these conspiracies within these groups that
1: is so like it's just wrong man. so this is the second time I'm bringing up Donnie Brasco it's your chance to save yourself here I haven't seen it oh my god dude okay <laughs> Johnny Depp Al Pacino
0: dude all right let's watch it me. movie Mickey says we need more of that stuff
1: so yeah yeah uh well uh, basically Donnie Brasco's a. Uh, FBI informant that infiltrates the mob and he gets in over his head and is the illegal activity that he's doing in the name of being an informant, you know, where, where's that line? I mean, he certainly crosses it, but, uh, that just was, this conversation just makes me think of it. It's an awesome movie. Well, it'll be interesting to see how all of this plays out in court. Like you said, the precedent has been set to where the FBI just, nothing changes. They just get away with it. And these guys will probably be locked up for life. Again,
0: the biggest complaint from the black community about the policing issue, the vast majority, 85% of black people don't want to defund the police. What they want is wrongful killings, wrongful police assaults, et cetera, to be properly prosecuted. What they want this, those, that couple I was talking about with Megan Kelly, they went right after the unions. They were like, every time, a police chief in Minneapolis over the last 20 years actually properly fired a cop who had over who had abused their power the union 50% of the time got that guy his job back right like mm-hmm. my point is just like you're saying what they want is people to be held accountable for their actions because that will cause less and less of those bad actions to your point earlier who in the f is responsible for keeping the fbi in check
1: yeah, there's there's no good answer for that question, which is a shame. So well, I, I expect we'll just it. it's worse. It's worse,
0: man. They're being wielded for political power now.
1: Yeah. And there's well, no and I denying was that. say we're going to see more of it as this administration knows that Americans are disenfranchised. And I'm not talking about just the people that voted for Trump. Like what it, what has Biden done so far? What has he done? I'm trying to find anything that he has done that is that history is going to reflect fondly on his legacy. And I I don't think there is anything.
0: I guess drooling and slurring his speech doesn't really count as something that will. That's pretty definitive of his legacy so far, but Uh, drooling. I'm pretty sure he's got a drool, right? He definitely my great grandfather had this this sponge that he always had in his hand. My My great grandfather was, you know, 90 probably when I was born. And uh, completely deaf, barely could get around, pretty much sat all hours of the day in his, you know, recliner watching like fuzzy, you know, rabbit ear television. They had this sponge that he would hold in his hand and it served two purposes. He had a cane and so the sponge kind of padded the handle of his cane, but then he'd also wipe the drool from the corner of his mouth with it. (laughs) So it was just like always, and then my great grandmother would wash it for him from time
1: to time. Anyway, that's what it reminds me of. Yeah, <laughs> is the worst, but it doesn't. You know, it waits for no man. So, time comes for us all, right? Um, I think we. Well, that was an interesting episode, and uh, I hope that the U.S. athletes that want to stand find success. I hope the ones that disgrace the country don't. I'll let you know next week if I well, I'll be in Africa, so I won't have to see the damn Olympics. So there's that. Oh, my wife will have to let me know what's going on. Uh, for Chisholm Cook, I'm Cable Smith. Thank you for tuning in to episode 40, kind of a, a milestone episode, Chisholm. Yeah. So as we a newly minted 40
0: year old, it's, uh, it means something to me right now.
1: I'll be, I'll be 40 in August. So right behind you, old man. I thought you were like a year younger than me, half a year younger than me. Well, you guys take it easy. Thanks for being here. And uh, we probably won't have a show next week just due to your family vacation and my work trip to Africa. Uh, we'll, we'll have episode 41 here in a couple weeks. Sound good? Yep. All right. Y'all take it easy. God bless strange. you. Faces come out of the rain When you're strange No one remembers your name When you're strange